Episode 77 of the Christian Feminist Podcast. I'm Sarah Davis. Our topic today is the heroine for millions of young women and the first crush for millions of young men, Princess Leia Organa. We will we will be specifically discussing Leia as her arc appears in the Star Wars Cinematic Universe from the first movie to episode 8, The Last Jedi. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Leia's leadership style and the ways that she... Um, commands a room and all that she does differences between male and female leadership styles are currently being debated in the leadership and management field and we want to see and discuss if leia's style actually matches up with what is defined as female or feminine the feminine leadership advantage in current current scholarship we will freely be discussing the plot from all five movies that Leia appears in. We will not be discussing her role in any of the novels or comics, animated series, and whatnot. Joining me on our quest for nostalgia today are Leah Henning and Christina Bieber-Lake. Say hello and introduce yourselves. Christina? Hello, I'm Christina Bieber-Lake. I teach English at Wheaton College. And I love doing podcast with Sarah Davis because it means we're going to be talking about science fiction. Awesome. Leah, tell us about yourself. Hi, Leah. I am currently living and working uh, in Woodbury, which is a suburb in Twin Cities in Minnesota. And I'm excited to talk about Leah um, because she's almost a namesake of mine. So. <laughs> Oh, I hadn't even thought about that, Leah. Do you ever get someone? Do you ever get anyone pronouncing your name the way Leah's is? All the time, all the time. And people ask me almost every time I go to a, a large gathering if I'm named after her. Um, <laughs> I'm not, by the way, but it's not out of the realm of possibility because my parents grew up watching the original movies in the theaters. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like. She and I have connected over that name from the very beginning, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to talking about her. I think we all are. So with that uh, brief uh, intro, ladies, let's talk about Star Wars. There are books and papers and novels and thousands of pages on Wikipedia about the Star Wars universe. We are very specifically going to talk about the one character of Leia Organa. So, Leah, tell us a little bit about what are what are some of your Star Wars memories, and how does Leia relate to your opinion of the story as a whole? Well, um, I grew up watching the Star Wars films, and by that I mean episodes four, five, and six on VHS in my parents' living room, <laughs> uh, and that was one of the 
main go-to films outside of the Disney franchise that our family would watch together uh, as I was growing up. Um, and Leia, of course, is one of the best characters in the Star Wars films because she's just so tough and inspiring and she's out there with the, with these guys doing amazing things. She's not the typical princess who um, needs a fairy godmother or needs some kind of large-scale magical miracle outside of herself to get out of trouble. Um, she can get herself out of trouble and often gets herself into the trouble to begin with. Uh, so I kind of fell in love with her. And again, uh, her name is very similar to mine. So I always loved her just for that because I could almost literally see myself in her as I was growing up. Very cool. Christina, what are your memories of uh, Star Wars? Well, since I'm the oldster in the group, I went to Empire Strikes Back in the theater and I think it was, I think I saw that before I saw, I saw the original Star Wars, actually, but I'm not sure. I just don't remember. Um, but I remember, especially in The Empire Strikes Back, thinking, how is she not afraid of Darth Vader? I thought of that in the original Star Wars, too. And I thought, this woman is so unbelievably brave. I mean, really, she was 19, so, but, you know, to a kid, she just seemed like a woman, right? Like a grown woman. And I thought... Darth Vader is the scariest thing I have ever seen. And this woman is not running away from him. She's standing up to him. And I was very inspired by that. And, you know, I didn't know any better to compare it to anything else. But uh, when I look back on it now, it, it makes sense to me that that was just an incredible experience for me, for a young girl to see somebody who, um, you know, holds her own, basically, in a, in a man's world. I totally understand where you're coming from on that, Christina. I myself uh, watched Star Wars on VHS, and I eagerly remember waiting, waiting for the prequels to come out. And then I didn't know to. I was young enough when the prequels came out. I think maybe I was thir twelve or thirteen when the uh, Phantom Menace came out. So I didn't know enough to be like, "Oh, we're supposed to just like this." I just I liked it because it was Star Wars. And as I've gotten mm -hmm. older. And I have hopefully refined my taste a little bit. I I keep coming back to to Leia as the the mo to me the most important character in the in the saga, and we'll talk about that more specifically later on. But the thing that I really remember from being a child and watching her was how impressed that I was that here was somebody who was clearly a young woman. You know, she mm -hmm. wasn't she wasn't someone like Mon Mothma who had this kind of gravitas to her who, like, you know, was this diplomat. Leia was young, and look at all the things that she can do, and she's standing in this room with all these generals, all these older military guys, and they are looking to her, mm -hmm. her leadership and good decision-making. And she displays it. It's not just that they're looking to her, it's that she's rising to the occasion and actually doing some of this. And I remember, you know, the feeling of watching Star Wars for, for the first time, and... You don't really know anything about Leia uh, other than you kind of you uh, you see her uh, starting everything off, but then he's like, "Oh, she's a princess. She's a princess." And I had a very I had a very specific idea of what that was from mm -hmm. Disney movies, and she was nothing like any of the Disney princesses I had seen up to that point. Now, many 
we could do a completely other podcast on how her influence, how her character has influenced like female heroines after her. But I'd never heard or seen of a princess who actually did the things that she did. And so I, I always found her very compelling and I was always so incredibly jealous of her hair. <laughs> the Cinnabon look, I can, I'll never be able to cosplay as Leia cause I can't pull off the really thick Cinnabon hair. Um, <laughs> just was so, so jealous. <laughs> You can always get a fake role like that, you know. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose that I can, um, but I guess uh, I'll just—I would, all, I'd only ever do the white dress. I, I don't think I could ever quite be brave enough to wear the gold bikini. Um, <laughs> but who fair knows? enough. But the metallic knows? gold bikini—you're not going to pull that one off, Sarah. <laughs> I don't think that I'm going to try. Um, there are some <laughs> things that are just best left. Um, for private. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> but um, yeah, Leia, I think she she's really pivotal to the entire Star Wars experience. And I think one of the, the most important ways that she, she does this is she is one of the characters who causes the most inciting action. So one of the things we really wanted to discuss for this podcast was what kind of leader is Leia? We would probably very easily say, well, she's a great leader, but there actually are differences between male and female leadership styles. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to discuss how, how does Leia actually, how does she uh, stack up against some of these traditionally feminine leadership qualities or leadership advantage? Some of the qualities of feminine leadership styles are that they tend to be more transformational. And so that means that women tend to be much more future rather than present oriented when they're leading. Women tend to be better at building team cohesion and they tend to be much better at bringing together just separate groups. They also are much more democratic um, and have a much more participative leadership style. And they uh, are also uh, very good at kind of getting the best out of their people in terms of finding out someone's motivation and working with them to get the best outcomes. And so these are some of the things that um, really can make for very compelling female leadership. And I think one of the things we want to do is just say, how does Leia match up with this? And if this great, wonderful feminine icon that we all look to doesn't actually show any of these very traditional feminine qualities what does that what does that say <laughs> well i think she does have a lot of those leadership qualities which is why it's so funny that when we first meet her what we what we meet is somebody who's not like that at all she's sort of atypically feminine she's they're trying to darth vader is trying to abuse her for her femininity by blowing up her home planet trying to get her to feel sorry for the people on her home planet. And the first thing that Leia does basically is lie about where the plans are for their, um, for the, you know, dust star stuff that they're working on trying to figure out. And so she doesn't take anything from them, just bold faced lies. And then we meet her in her brash way of being with Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, as in, what kind of breakout is this? What are you guys doing, you buffoons? You know, and very, very bossy. So I just love the first look we get at her is she's one tough cookie. 
Yeah, she's the only character in Star Wars that we... I mean, Han gets put... He, he gets frozen in Carbonite in, the, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, but Leia gets straight up, like, tortured with that... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they you you see the droid coming in, and it's very kind of funny because it's just essentially just like a needle stuck on like a little bowling ball. But there's some really ominous music, so you know it's really bad. I mean, Leia gets straight up tortured, and she still doesn't voluntarily give up. She, and you can see her making a um these uh, weighing the decisions and weighing the mm-hmm. outcomes. She she's planning at no. With the exception of, I would say, her relationship with with Han Solo, she is very measured and very rarely does anything that anyone would really be able to, like, oh, that's really rash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of the first 15 minutes of episode four, which is where Leia is the first human character that we actually see we see darth vader who is you know mostly machine and then we see the two droids and those are the four named characters in the first 15 minutes um and immediately you're rooting for leia because she's got a gun and she shoots (laughs) a stormtrooper down before they get her like she's mm-hmm. fighting as she goes down and in a very um in, in a non-stereotypical way for a princess like she's not just oh i i will I, i'll trip over myself trying to get out the door she mm-hmm. straight up shoots a stormtrooper um before they take her away and then mm-hmm. And then she does the lying and the tor- goes through the torture and is so meticulous because we see even then she's prepared to give her own life because she sends R2-D2 and C-3PO off on their adventure mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. Um, and, and so, yeah, she's strong from the, the outset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she starts the whole adventure quite quite literally by sending R2-D2, making that decision to get those plans out, even if it costs her her life. Um, Very mission-focused. And it's so funny because for 1974, whenever that film came out, what year was that, 74? It's so 77. ironic. 77, okay. It's so ironic, isn't it? This We're going to have this, we're going to save the princess, you know, the, the great, uh, you know, male warriors are going to come in and, and she's just not needing that kind of salvation, you know? So they're immediately throwing that whole uh, trope on its head. And her great opening line to Luke, who is obviously the hero of the adventure. Yeah. Aren't, Aren't you, you a little, little short? short for a Aren't you a little short? <laughs> <laughs> and again, there she is in prison and just not afraid at all of anything. You know? Yeah, she's talking like it's funny because like, oh, yeah, we know that's Luke, but she's talking she's talking smack. She's talking back to somebody who, who she, could she, kill her, who could kill her. Yeah. He could be coming to fetch her to take her to her death. And mm-hmm. she's giving lip. Mm-hmm. Yep, not afraid. Or if she is, she's hiding it brilliantly. very well. Yes. Like mm-hmm. like her her mind is very focused on that goal like that the greater good is 
better than her well-being. Mm-hmm. Even with Alderaan, with her home planet, which, like, in the context of Star Wars, a planet doesn't seem like much. But if you think about it, Earth being a planet, Alderaan is her home planet. It's mm-hmm. not just a people. It's an entire world mm-hmm. um, that is destroyed and, well, and put on the line. And she still lies to protect this cause that she believes in. Mm-hmm. So she's able in or, the face of that to do that straight up lie without even hesitating. It's amazing, yeah. really. Well, and you and we know that from from when we're introduced to her, that this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened to her because C-3PO says the very first line, I believe, of the movie is something like, there'll be no escape for the princess this time. So, <laughs> yeah. we, so we know that like Leia, Leia does this kind of stuff all the time. She <laughs> is, um, she's claiming to Vader that, you know, well, this is a, this is a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. And, you know, Vader is savvy as well. And he is like, no, no. And so the, um, that immediately starts this kind of interplay and the, the visual difference between essentially Leia in her pure white 19, you know, her pure white outfit talking to Vader in his pure black, you know, mm-hmm. like samurai inspired, inspired helmet. It's just extremely visually striking. And you can, you can see that they're doing everything they can to uh, demonstrate the, the physical difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And and yet she she doesn't she doesn't flinch. One of the things that I started watching the the series again and I got extremely busy over uh, the past two weeks was that at the begin if we think about like Leia multiple times is willing to make significant sacrifices for the good for the long term healthy future of either the rebellion or the resistance whichever trilogy we're in she's she's frequently willing to do that. In the mm-hmm. second movie, um, Luke and Han are out in the ice fields of Hoth, and you know she's she's waiting, waiting for them to come back, and they're like, "We we think we need to close it," and she mm-hmm. she they're waiting for her command, but she nods and basically is willing to consign her two best friends to death. That's right. That's right. To, to protect the overall rebellion, and that's. There, there are so many small moments like that that I don't feel get enough credit, mainly because Carrie Fisher does such a, she just inhabits that role so well. And it's those really quiet moments that I think you see a lot of her feminine strength. She's not, she's, she never at any point is up on a scaffolding, like, speaking to huge crowds but you can tell by the Mm -hmm. way people interact with her that she has a good quiet strength and that she is greatly respected for it Mm -hmm. and in fact in the empire strikes back she is the one who's mobilizing everybody to get off the planet okay the empire knows we're here everybody get off the planet and she has to be kind of dragged to the millennium falcon drag her away because she's like no i'm going down with the ship with the ship yeah that's that's true leadership you know she's very self-sacrificial in that way but um just does it because she's so devoted to the mission it doesn't even think about herself um in those situations yeah it's it's really it's really impressive to me just all those all those moments um in which she 
she's just really she just does something completely unexpected and mm-hmm. not that and i'm trying to think if there's ever a point where she's just really proven wrong uh, or that she makes a really like significant mistake that's true. Um, and I don't, and I, there may be one because I, I was trying to think again back to uh, Empire Strikes Back, and she's the one who has, she's the one that has the uneasy feeling about Lando Calrissian. That's right. So I think she really, not only does she have, is she a great leader, she also I think does have a very good judge of character. Mm-hmm. And he's sweet talking her, and and she's like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah. And she turns out to be right, you know? Well, and I think it's very much how, and she does, and the thing I think is different is because Lando is very different than Han, even though they're both going to be in the new Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Lando is very much trying to sweet talk her and get her on her good side. Han, from the moment they meet, is like, your worshipfulness. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't give her any undue credit. I mean, and he, he's teasing her. He's being very, you know, flirtatious and all this stuff all through it, all throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see you can see it changing from, like, pure, being purely dismissive at the very beginning. When he's like, yeah, you're a princess. What are you going to do? To mm-hmm. the, the tone that uh, Harrison Ford uses grows in respect and it, it very much becomes a of like an endearment you know but yeah he frequently like teases her about this your worshipfulness your highness and nobody else mm-hmm. really does that with her she's princess leia but most people don't really mm-hmm. emphasize that and so but i think that that's one of the things that makes her relationship with han so interesting is that he's the only one who ever pushes back for her and I think in mm-hmm. any that in most uh, romantic relationships, you want you you want that kind of uh, give and take. You don't want somebody who's mm-hmm. just going to do whatever you say. Like you want some pushback his and some tension. And both and uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher both do an excellent job of displaying that in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and there's so much of that. I mean, this the give and take and the repartee between them where she's like, I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. And he says, well, I can arrange that. And it's just so many great scenes like that. And I don't know, I've seen, okay, you have to understand my son watches these films over and over again. So I have seen the three, these three films and the force awakens. And what is the other one? Rogue one. So many times I can't even tell you. And here's the odd thing that's come out of that is I really respect these movies. I, I think they're, extremely good movies you know if i've seen it that many times i would tell you if they were bad they're good and uh the one thing that has been kind of bugging me lately is you know when they land on the asteroid and they're they're still sort of they haven't kissed yet and there's that scene in the millennium falcon where um she kind of the ship gets bumped and she falls on him yeah kind of and he catches her that scene and I don't know, he's a little rapey in that scene. It really kind of bugs me. I just saw it yesterday. It, you know, he's kind of like, I'm going to kiss you. And, oh, you're trembling. And, you know, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody else have that I reaction? I not, but it's Harrison Ford. So, you know, oh. there, there, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing now that, like, you know, a secret admirer is somebody who's attractive. A stalker is somebody who is unattractive. So if Harrison Ford does something... 
it probably doesn't seem nearly yeah. as creepy as if it were just a guy you bumped into in a bar. Right. <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of agree with Christina on this one. Like, I love Leia, and I do love Han Solo. Their relationship kind of creeps me out. I I don't even know entirely all 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 of the facts that make make me creeped out by it but um i think because Her- han solo uh is so um disrespectful to leia mm-hmm. and pretty consistently mm-hmm. that it while that might be a nice factor in a relationship. It seems like it's too much of a predominant one in theirs for me to actually believe that they love each other. Yeah. And they and, do it to each other. Cause she's really harsh on him, really harsh on him. Right. Which I mean, to be fair, he is pretty stupid yes, in a lot of agreed. their interactions. <laughs> yes. So, agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, like there's, yeah. I, I just don't understand why she would fall for him. Because yeah. in all of their interactions, she's clearly the superior. Uh-huh. Like, she, she could do a whole lot better um, for a partner. Um, and it's funny, because it's still kind of falling into these romance tropes, doesn't it? Like, the, the romance trope of the very, you know, feisty kind of interchange, and then, oh, we're really in love, that kind of thing. But I would ten times rather have that than... I'm the representative of the eternal feminine, like Galadriel or something like that, which I despise. So it's kind of like a lesser of two evils for me. If that makes any sense. No, it definitely does. I would just say that their romance is probably the one great flaw in the character yeah. of Princess yeah. Leia. I think that's right. Where it, it's the one thing that doesn't hold true to her character. Okay. Where yeah. she is. She is strong enough that she would probably not have chosen Han Solo if George Lucas had not written it. Well, my, my question to you, Leah, is is that being is that informed by the fact that you know in The Force Awakens that they've had this extended separation? Because to me because now that I look you know, if I can look back on it, like, oh, they had these problems, you know, because I know it didn't turn out all nice and rosy. Would you still, mm-hmm. did you feel this way before um, Force Awakens and, okay, they've had this child and, you know, these, you know, it's had these negative outcomes and they've been separated. Did you feel that way beforehand or was that only after something coming up and being like, oh, well, maybe there were cracks there that I didn't see? No, I definitely thought that before these new movies came out. Um because quite honestly, Han doesn't deserve her. Because uh, she, she is like she rescues him. Mm-hmm. He never rescues her. She well, he is a her brilliant in the leader. Movie. Oh, the Johnny yes. Come Lately scene when he flies in on the Millennium Falcon. That well, one and, he, and the entirety of them being on the the Death Star. I mean, he goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's there with Luke, and he, he didn't any more mean to rescue her by going there than Luke did. That is true, although she also is the one who got them out by shooting out the garbage disposal drain. Well, 
they wouldn't have gotten well, out of me, there without that's her. That's a demonstration of, of a team dynamic uh, okay. that there that there is give and take because she would yes she got them out of there but she wouldn't have been able to get them out of there if they hadn't infiltrated and gotten her out of her cell so there's there's a lot of that um that that's one of the things i love so much about star wars is that there there's give and take and Mm -hmm. i love that not that this term was even around at the time but i love that leia is not a mary sue uh because for the fact that I, I did, in fact, watch Force Awakens like five times in the theaters, about time three, I was like, you know, Ray's feeling a little unrealistic here. And I never mm. actually have that feeling about Leia. She always feels completely real and fleshed out. And so she has the things that she's excellent at. She's excellent with leadership. She's great at building teams. She has this wonderful long-range planning. Those are the things she's good at. But... Lucas doesn't try to stick her in and like, well, you know, she's piloting X-Wings too. Not that she probably couldn't Mm -hmm. if she wanted to, I guess. She seems to be very talented, but that she, she knows what she's good at and she, she does that. Mm -hmm. And to me, that seems a much more realistic depiction of who women are because we can't actually do mm-hmm. everything. We can't be good at everything. And so by allowing her to, she does, you know, she's feisty. We know she can shoot. She, she does that multiple times on the Death Star in A New Hope. You know, I have no, I have no doubt mm-hmm. that, she, that she can take care of herself in a fight. But when it comes to actually piloting, She's going to let somebody else do that, right? And so that seems like, one, a much more realistic way to do things. I mean, she, imagine, you know, we're fighting World War II and, like, Eisenhower's out there in the front lines, like, leading the charge on D-Day. Like, that's not how actual things work. And so I kind of appreciate that they, they seem to kind of respect that in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that that the jump, you know, the 30-year whatever jump between the 7th film and then, you know, Force Awakens because it's so interesting, isn't it, that you've got General Leia now and you know, we see her for the first time yeah. in years and and in fact, not surprisingly, their marriage didn't work out because we just talked about what it was based on, right? <laughs> and uh I I wasn't surprised by that, but it really is was kind of a stunning moment where when I was in the theater watching this, I didn't know what I thought about it because I mean, I was, I'm a different person than when I first saw Leia. She, you know, I know her as Carrie Fisher and and other things and as a comedian and whatever. So it was very hard for me to get in the moment, but it also seemed to fit her character better that she's a general, that she's doing general things. Right. And I'd love to talk about the general things that she does in, um, you know, uh, the, the other film, the the more recent one, yes. The Last Jedi. Which, to me, um, there, were, there were a couple of things on there that, like, I, I appreciated um, Laura Dern's character and them trying to give us another strong female leader. But it kept, for me, I kept thinking, like, that feels like something that, like, Leia should have done. Does that make sense? Like, because they're giving me this really big, like, this really big sacrifice but it doesn't mean as much because I don't know who this woman is because I haven't like grown with her mm-hmm. through multiple movies. And so I get mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. 
And the one thing I will say, and maybe y'all have a better idea about this than I do, because I, I, I walked out of that movie angry. Uh, which which Jedi, one? Because, the last one? Because last that Jedi? whole section of where they're going to, like, the Star Wars equivalency of, like, Monte Carlo or whatever. Just, like, I have no... Yeah. This has no effect. We did, we could have glossed all this over, and it felt like so much filler. But the idea when they're... Uh, the uh, Laura Dern's character, you know, um, Poe Dameron's like, so what are we going to do? And she's just like, I'm not telling you. What, uh-huh. Why not? Because you should trust me. Well, we're... Can can you tell me about how we're not gonna what we're gonna do to not die in the next five hours? No, you need to trust me. Yeah. So to me, that 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 Maybe. like it would have made more sense if we want Poe to be this incredibly like rash, brash male character who's maybe not respecting the feminine leadership. Like above him, the way that right. would have been better is for her to explain it and him still not accept it. Like that oh, would have been actually better. Yeah, so it was too much yeah. of a straw man. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the only film that I've only seen once, and I just haven't had a chance to go around and see it again. So my memory is vague, but I do remember they kind of set him up as the super bad, you know, Poe Dameron is just rash young guy uh, versus these older, more mature women. But yeah, you're right. There's no reason why they couldn't have communicated that to him. But I still thought it was cool that they... (laughs) That it was about that at the end and not that, that she had betrayed. Oh, yeah. Because that was going to be very angry if that was going to be the case. I was like, you're kidding me. You know? <laughs> I'm sitting here in the theater going, they're not going to do that, are they? This is this is 2017, you know, <laughs> or whatever it was. No. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm afraid I've only watched that once myself, and I was under the influence of cold medicine at the time, so I don't remember much of that movie. Um but uh, I, I do remember more of episode seven, mm-hmm. um, where we are reintroduced to Leia as general. And I find it interesting that only in later life is she given a military title, or rather she's addressed with a military title, because technically she was a commander during the rebellion. Mm. But this um, is a butter princess. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that um, is a very interesting issue, isn't it? Because it, it's like you can be tough if you're royalty. Is that the message that's being sent? Right. I think there's two ways that a woman can be tough. If she's a member of a royal family or if she's beautiful. And she's both. Do you see what I mean about that? That, yeah. you know, she gets away with being feisty mm-hmm. and this way because she's beautiful and because she's um, a part of a royal family. And so there, she's allowed a certain kind of strength with that. And, and if you notice in The Force Awakens, the first time we hear about General Borgana is from somebody who says, to me, you know, she's royalty, you know, to, oh, yeah. um, to Poe Dameron. That's the first right. time we hear about her. And so it's very interesting that they're foregrounding her being still this kind of royal presence, even though really she's with the force, right? She's got the force strong with her. She's got great leadership skills. Yeah. What do we think? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think. What do we think? Um, in the last, the most recent movie, where she like, it's the only time we ever actually see her using the force, where she basically like uses the force to pull herself back into the spaceship. Oh I, yeah, I've heard different reviews I was of that. Like, 
I'm still not sure what I feel about it. I was kind of like, that seems very odd because like Leia's been force sensitive in the past where, you know, she can kind of feel things with Luke and everything, but that's like straight up Jedi stuff. And so, yeah, I would, and so I was just really surprised. There was a way in which I was thinking it's about time. It's about time because she is strong with the force as strong as Luke is right. Her manifestation of it has been different, has been more on this sort of like being able to know when people are being hurt, you know, on that sort of sensitive side of it, whatever. But why, why couldn't it be that she had more power than that? You know, I also think it was such a, an interesting trick because everybody know, knew that um, of course that um, Carrie Fisher had died. And so they knew that at some point she was going to be out of the film and then it, it happened so early and you're, oh, no, no you know. That's what I was thinking, too. And I think one of the things that it – the fact that – I feel like that can kind of inform us a little bit about Leia's character in that, you know, for for her, out of all three of them, she she had the high, she had the higher principles. Because a lot of stuff for Luke, you know, Leia is working towards the same goal the entire – for every movie she appears in. Whereas, like, for Han and Luke, those motivations change. Leia's motivations never really ever waver. That's an excellent point. She's devoted. She's devoted to this uh, cause of kind of, I would, you know, I would say kind of freedom, uh, liberty for individual planets, that they can be what they want to be. They're not necessarily under this huge oppressive umbrella of this almighty organization. And, but Luke, you know he is very inwardly focused the entire time. He kind of starts out like, Oh, well, I want to, I want to leave. Uh, I'm going to leave Tatooine. I'm going to find this princess, but very quickly for Luke, it becomes about a, it's a, about a personal inward journey for himself. And for Leia, it maintains mm-hmm. consistently that even though she could do that, she chooses not to is how I always interpret it, that she could have done that, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't have been who she was. She wouldn't have been able to serve in the same way if she had been this kind of very self-focused Jedi as she can, if she right. is general Organa or Senator Organa or whatnot. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think she's ever seriously tempted or even tempted no, a little bit never. to go to the dark side. Never. No. Even Ray gets tempted a little bit to give up and, you know, forget about this, but you can't even conceive of that in Leia. In Leia. You definitely can't. Um, one of the other things that uh, I I find really interesting about uh, her as a character is the incredible is as a female. I and please correct me if I'm wrong, but because I only spent about four minutes thinking about this before we started recording. But I think that Leia may be one of the few women who we see such a full record. And the fullness of all of a female's experiences on camera. Hmm. So, you know, hmm. we see her mother, hmm. we see her being born, we see her in a professional command, we see her as a sister, we see her, she is a, a mother, we see her as a wife. Like, she, we see this broad spectrum of female experiences that she has hmm. and i just i was trying to think and not to say that every single female has every single one of those experiences but it's i was trying to think of anything else that depicted so many aspects of a single woman's life and experience and i was 
couldn't quite think of one. Not to say that there isn't. I've only spent four, about four minutes thinking about it, but I, I wanted to posit that to y'all and see mm. what y'all thought about that. Mm. I think that's a very good point. Um, and I think it's one that would be often overlooked because there are so many movies and TV shows and books spread out across, what is it, 50 years, practically? 40, I think. Um, 40? Mm-hmm. 40 years. Yeah, 40 years um, from when the first installment was given. And really, that is a span of a lifetime or mm-hmm. half a lifetime um, that we actually get to see this character develop from age 19 to age, um, well, to death. And I, I don't know. I can't think of another one either, but that. I would say that's a very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, because I was just thinking about how many how many different roles we see this one individual in, and it's kind of remarkable because frequently we we don't see that. We see females, especially in science fiction, that they are the kick-ass babe, they're the right, you know, cannon fodder. But to see an individual with that much depth uh, stretching over a full lifetime. I mean, that's very rare. And I think that's one of the things that again, helps inform how much we like her because we, we see her, we see her change. And that's something that, that's something that I really, that I really, really appreciate. Um, you know, we, we see her, her, her sorrow when, when Han Solo dies, we see her, her sorrow over what has happened with her son and the fact that she couldn't do more to help prevent that. Mm -hmm. Um, We see her, um, we see her relationship uh, developing with her brother. I get, and we see her interacting with her father, even though we don't actually know that that's who it is. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's no indication, Mm -hmm. and there's no indication that either one of them really know that that's who it is either. Um, but we, we just get to see her in so many different roles. And considering how narrow women's roles can sometimes be, I just find that very impressive. Yeah, and she's very wise, you know. So that scene in The Force Awakens where she says to Han, you know, well, you're his father. Yeah, you're more influential, influential than Snoke or anybody else. You need to go out there and, you know, and talk to him. She just has a wisdom about her. I I would definitely agree. Um I'm trying to think the the other thing that, you know, there that I would uh, want to uh, talk about a little bit is the 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 very famous uh, gold bikini. Oh, yes. uh, Oh, yes. I have heard. I do not know if this is actually true. And, you know, everything you read on the Internet is always accurate that. Oh, yes. There had been so many complaints about the lay in the gold bikini that it was um, incredibly um, uh, how inappropriate it was and that, you know, she's how it's, you know, just sexualizing her and all of this. And that somebody asked her like, well, you know, or they asked Carrie Fisher, what are we supposed to do? You're this wonderful. I, how can I have this a female hero for my daughter who's in this gold bikini? And Carrie Fisher says something like, 
tell her that I was being held as a slave and then strangled the bad guy to death. To death with the the chain. You know, that's just kind of one that's amazing that she does this. And then that she, she very, that she recognizes that not every character is going to have an awesome day every single day and that bad things can happen to characters that we like and that they can overcome them and that that's, that's fine. And I, I just really appreciate that about her. Mm-hmm. Also the entire um, symbolism <laughs> with that, where she is literally forced to wear that bikini. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget that like as a pop culture stereotype, it's often forgotten that that is a slave outfit for Leia. It's not a sex outfit. It's, yeah, the villain put her in that. It's slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. She didn't well, choose to wear that. Hollywood can be put in the role of the villain here, too, right? I mean, they've it's salacious. Oh, absolutely. Well, what's funny to me about the bikini scene is I remember my brother had read a press release about how they had to keep stopping filming because the bikini would become loose and they'd have to say like boobs on the set and then they'd stop recording and have to roll it back up because (laughs) she was literally exposed and so I always remembered that I just thought how terrible I mean I I was a young girl when that came out and I just thought how awful that is that this actress has to be out there and her clothing is constantly having a wardrobe malfunction oh yeah definitely and I it's it's one of those things that if it's it's extremely iconic, and like I said, I would never, I would not necessarily be willing to wear that in public. I guess props to the woman who has the confidence to uh, pull that off at Comic Con, but <laughs> I would definitely be, uh, I would definitely be a cosplay as, as the as in the white dress with the fake cinnabuns, and um, but I think it's, I think it really is uh, impressive that you know this happens to Leia. And she kind of, she like, she strangles, uh, she, she goes to kill Jabba and she just kind of gets on with her day, right? Like she just kind of goes back to doing her, to doing her stuff. She, at no point, um, does she stop and, you know, she doesn't have this long, tearful, oh my God, which if she had done, she would have been justified in, but she just like gets back and is like, yeah, people suck. Like I'm, I'm moving on. And like, I got more important stuff to deal with right now is very much how, how she is. And so I, I just always found that extremely impressive, uh, for her. Very much. So it's an amazing scene, really. She just, I mean, Jabba is huge and she takes that chain, chokes him and just moves on. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. And that is the iconic moment in that fight really because Luke is fighting off um, the guards. Leia is still chained up. Han is blind and Lando has fallen off the off the barge. So like they're all tied up with other things and Leia goes straight for the bad guy. Like the top bad guy in that situation and is just That's right. Um, she gets taking care of the business. Yep. The main guy. <laughs> Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. Um, so a, a question that I would like to posit to you ladies is, because I, I was thinking about all of this, and is Leia the most important character in Star Wars? Um, I would argue that, that she is. 
Um, she's the originator of action in the first film. I'm not going to do any retconning and being like, well, you know, originally it's actually this person. I was like, no, no, we're not inserting people who, uh, characters that weren't created until 2003 can't be more, didn't actually have influence over her actions. That's all retconned in later. Um, so I, I would argue that she is the most important character in Star Wars because she's the only one with the really long-term motivations. Again, Luke is very inward-focused. And not saying that that's not a necessary journey that he takes. I'm not saying that it's not necessary. But Leia is the only one that is consistently moving forward, and she kind of by sheer force of will drags the two men with her, who are her friends. Um there would be no movie at all if not for her actions in sending the droids down and that it is her force of will that that carries everyone through and that she is consistently not only making the, these hard decisions in a military uh, standpoint, but we see her multiple times providing emotional comfort and support to other characters, which she consistently again does to Luke. So, you know, her whole planet of Alderaan has been explode, has been killed by the Death Star. And she's like comforting Luke that like, yes, this guy mm -hmm. that you've known for like three days died. That's so bad for you. You know, she's comforting him. Um, at the mm -hmm. end of empire, uh, she's talking and comforting him. She is, shows a huge amount of empathy. Uh, we haven't talked, we have not talked much about, uh, Return of the Jedi, but she, she, you know, she's the one who uh, works with the Ewoks. She's very um, comforting mm -hmm. and gets them on their side because, you know, Han Solo That's would right. come in in a very kind of and just kind of start blasting everybody. Okay, you little teddy bears, yeah, guns blazing. Done, and she yep. is much more nurturing and motherly and gets them to help them. That's right. She does. She mobilizes the Ewoks. Which apparently, um, in case you didn't know, were originally it was originally supposed to be a the home planet for the Wookiees, but they didn't have enough money for big costumes apparently. So they're but they still like the idea of these little cute teddy bears for toys. So they're like, well, we'll just make them little. Oh, oh, that's so funny. I did not hear that. <laughs> but it did occur to me that she rides one of those spears. So we were talking oh, about yeah. her as a pilot. Doesn't she drive this yeah, speeder she, herself? Yeah, she does one of the little uh, speeders as they're going in and out through the forest. Um, yeah, that's a tough, that's tough oh, driving yeah. so right there. She, I love that, and that's one of the things I love about her is that she is completely capable of doing pretty much anything, but they don't, her character isn't forced to do everything. It's not, because mm -hmm, for me right. a lot of times, I feel like it's actually pandering to women when we're trying to I like, agree. look, this person can do this and this and this. Like, no, she can't. I don't believe that mm -hmm. Ray can actually do all the stuff, even in a world that has aliens and light speed and lightsabers. I don't actually believe that she can, like, do all of this amazing stuff the first time she ever tries it. I just don't. And it takes me out of it. And mm. I like that Leia feels so much more realistic and grounded. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that I'm not entirely sure if I would call Leia the most important character because, quite honestly, I would go back to it's a team That's true. movie where, quite honestly, if you take any of them out, you're going to lose something big in the whole franchise. Um, 
but I do think that she is probably the most influential character. That may be a, that may be a better uh, the word there, well, um, Leah, most influential. Yeah, because I think she has, um, like you say, the most realism. I think we're more likely to meet Leia than we are to meet Han or Luke or C-3PO or um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in daily life. She'll look different, as they all would, but I think it would be more true to who people are to say that we would be able to meet Leia on the street or in our own lives. Um, because she does feel so real. Uh, there are bits and pieces of her that remind me of a lot of strong women that I've met in my life. Mm. Um, none of them have commanded a rebellion. Some of them <laughs> have tried to, I'm sure, but none of them have actually done so. Um, but yeah. I do think that she, just based on that, is the most influential um, or most well-rounded character out of the Star Wars franchise. Because mm -hmm. you want to root for her from the beginning. You want to be with her. You want to be on her side because you see what happens to the other guy right away. Mm -hmm. um, well, and no matter what, she's as important as Luke or anybody else, any of the other Jedis in terms of saving the rebellion because you know when yoda says oh we're lost or somebody says we're lost without luke and he's no there is another you know she, he's not our last hope um because there is another and she's got the force as strongly as luke does just in a different way and she ends up using the force to really contribute as as much if not more than luke to the success mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly without luke there the rebellion would have won without him. Yeah, that's true. Um, with his whole interlude with the emperor and Vader. Um, yeah, that actually. They're just yeah. three three guys dueling on a ship, yeah. which will eventually explode anyway, no matter the outcome. Yeah. In the third, yeah, um, we'll specify in the Return of the Jedi they would have won without Luke. They would not have won without Luke in the first movie. Okay. I just wanted to double check. Okay. No, that's true. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, Leah, Leah, sorry. Even now I am pronouncing your name. It's hard, it's hard to avoid. Um, so, one, uh, if I, one last question uh, before the passing on. Um, so Carrie Fisher has passed away, but her character has not, which is actually one of the reasons I, I proposed this episode before I'd seen the movie because I presumed Leia's character would die, and then we'd just be able to talk about everything that happened. But there's still there's still something out there for her character. So what are ways that you might want her character to be resolved? What would you like to happen? Um, I mean, I highly they might just do something like, oh, and Leia was killed on the battle of such and such you know, off screen, which, you know, that's fine. But how would y'all like to see Leia's character resolved? That's a really great question. I frankly don't remember what happened to her at the end of the last film. 
Um, but I was surprised by how much footage they had of Carrie Fisher. So it made me wonder how much more footage they might have um, to work with. I really wondered about that. And I was hoping it would be a lot because I'd love to see her have uh, doing what she's always done, which is sacrificing herself for uh, for humanity, right? For whatever you call this interplanet humanity, right? I'd like to see something like that. Okay, what about you, Leah? I'm honestly not entirely sure. Um, I want it to stay true to her character. I don't want it to just be, um, you know, a hastily done, oh, he was chased off stage by a bear kind of deal. Um, sorry, Shakespeare. Or a Wookiee in, uh, in the case of but, Star Wars. Right, right. Um, because that's just not her. Like, I feel that that would really let down who she was and who this character has been built up to be. Um, and part of me really thinks that Carrie Fisher would really like her to go out with something of a joke. Yeah, a blaze of style. That's true. She would. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So maybe with a snarky comment and, as Christina said, uh, giving herself up for the greater good. I I can definitely see that. As as for myself, um, I I would like for her, yeah, I would like for her to do something that honors that honors her cause. But I it, I think it would be very important for me to get to see her like her funeral or some sort of memorial for her or if like oh mm-hmm. not that they could do it on Alderaan because Alderaan's not there anymore but whatever planet maybe she's been living on for the past 40 years since Alderaan has been destroyed like some sort of memorial to Princess Leia like almost as like I feel like like she deserves her own Washington monument in the Star Wars world <laughs> and so I would I'd love to see her get the recognition that she deserves for that, even if, you know, even more so than getting, oh, she got chased off of screen by a Wookiee, that, that the characters and the created world acknowledge the influence that she's had, that her character has had on them. Absolutely. Um, that they would show her the respect yeah, she deserves. She, she definitely does. Her character deserves it. And so I, I would just hope that would be something they would do. Well, ladies, um, I know we could pro- I could talk about Star Wars for hours, and you probably could as well. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead to our passing on where we talk about kind of re- recommendations for um, some of our listeners. So, Leah, what would what are what are you uh, recommending to our readers uh, or our listeners for follow up? Um, I am recommending The Princess Diarist by Carrie Fisher. Now, I am still reading through this myself um there are uh, some pieces that are not necessarily pg uh (laughs) so uh keep that in mind uh, uh if you're picking out your next book but it's really fun because it reading through it you kind of feel like you're in a conversation with carrie fisher like 
I, I can't explain it better than that, but um, it really breaks down some of the behind the scenes stuff about what she was thinking, um, playing Leia in uh, episodes four through six. And um, yeah, it's just a brilliant, a fun read for any true Star Wars fan who wants to know some more of the behind the scenes stuff and what was going on for Carrie Fisher at that time. What about you, Christina? Well, I'm definitely going to recommend one of the best titles that I've ever heard, Wishful Drinking. Um, I haven't read the book. That's by Carrie Fisher as well. But she does a video version of it. It's really a one-woman stand-up routine. I think I saw it on HBO Go or something like that. But it's so funny, and it gives you a sense of what it was like for this you know, 19-year-old woman to suddenly be made into this sex object and have all these weird stalkers. And, um, and of course she's very able to laugh at it, but it was quite revealing um, about our culture and things that go on inside of our culture. I just, I got a real big kick out of it. And there are things that she reveals in there, like how George Lucas didn't think you should wear underwear in space, which is why she wasn't wearing a bra oh, when yeah, she yeah. had those white, flowing robes on yeah it's just and it's so carrie fisher and and it's just great well excellent my recommendation is shockingly gonna be more science fiction so my recommendation for any of our uh, listeners who love the idea of kind of like a, a fully realized science fiction female from the 70s is i would uh, recommend alien uh oh, yeah. for um our lead character, Warrant Officer Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, um, because she is an amazingly strong female character. And even in this, and like with Leia, um, we we see multiple aspects of who she is. She is, you know, yes, she is. She's Sigourney Weaver herself is gorgeous, but they never play her um, as that. And she. she it's just an extremely um, well-realized um, film. She displays a lot of uh, leadership, and I just really love it. And my understanding is that that uh, role was actually written for a man, but she did such a good job, they just recast her in it instead. That's correct. So that's mm-hmm. just the most amazing thing to me. So, All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Christian Feminist Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic or a reading recommendation for future shows, or if you just want to drop us a line, you can do so at christianfeministpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page and check out the show notes from this and other episodes at the Christian Humanist blog at christianhumanist.org. The Christian Feminist Podcast is a member of the Christian Humanist Radio Network. Kristen Philippic is our press liaison, and Elizabeth Bremner is our intern. For Christina Bieber-Lake and Leah Henning, I'm Sarah Davis. Tune in in two weeks when we'll be discussing the woman's Bible. Until then, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love.